This is Heart of a Heartless World, a podcast produced by the Religious Socialism Working Group of the Democratic Socialists of America. Our goal is to amplify the voices of people of faith who are organizing for social, racial, environmental, and economic justice. Welcome, everyone. After a a long break, Religious Socialism, um, our podcast titled Heart of a Heartless World, is back for a new season. And because this podcast has had so many iterations, we're just calling this season uh, 23, season 2023. Um, I'm Ralph. I'm the podcast producer this season, and I'm here with Nicole Ann, uh, who does so many things for the Religious Socialism Education Working Group. Um, I guess there aren't really titles, but in my mind, she's like the chair. She she makes sure oh. everything happens, um, whether you want the title or not. Um, there it is. Uh, so welcome, Nicole Ann. It's so good to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Ralph. It's great, great to have, um, great to be here. And thank you so much for jumpstarting like our our podcast. It's um, it's, it's just exciting that this is this is finally happening. I completely agree. Um, my local DSA chapter is uh, in Indiana, Greater Lafayette, like the Purdue area. Um, where are you currently connected, Nicole Ann? And is there anything going on in your chapter that that just really gets you going? Yeah, um, actually, I'm in central New Jersey, and uh, New Jersey is a, a union state. So there are loads of um, union drives happening in our area, um, including currently one at Princeton University, where I currently am. Um, Amazing. Central, central Jersey is also great about being involved in like mutual aid work. And um, yeah, there's just so many diverse, diverse fronts. Thinking also about like the sort of um, ongoing pandemic and not treating it like something that's past I think is mm. something that chapter is really good at so yeah it's great 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 to be with them that's great here here in the midwest all of those things feel a little um uh, foreign to me so <laughs> uh try not to be to be jealous um we no. at, you know we our our local chapter is really engaged in um the living wage campaign um oh, specifically awesome. at Purdue and you know here in the midwest all the railway stuff going on feels really at home and uh, we actually had uh, a rail car fall into our river, uh, into the Wabash River here, um, a few months back. So it, it all is just kind of coming to a head here. I think um, our healthcare system is completely maxed out, and uh, because there's no profits, no one wants to put any money into it. So people, you know, someone died in the waiting room uh, last month. So it's just, yeah, everything is. Uh, I think people are feeling the the pressure of our of our system. Um, and so I think there's there's some motivation there. So that's that's really exciting for me. Um, kind of connected to that, um, we're at the start of a new season, um, and we've actually in the last year done quite a bit with religious socialism, um, but it just hasn't trickled into a podcast form yet. So um, maybe just to fill in uh, our listeners with the state of religious socialism, what would you say are some signs of solidarity in life that we've seen in the last year? I guess signs of solidarity in life have been, I mean, Ralph, you and I have talked about this, like just the um, growing support, you know, for unions and the necessity of their vitality that we're seeing across America. And Mm. um, whether it's through big corporations like Starbucks is unionizing everywhere, support for like Amazon uh, unionizing, but also just the fact that, you know, churches are are playing such a big role um, or at least a role, hopefully someday a bigger role. Um, in these efforts, um, 
I think that there is actually, um, though, you know, there's so much bad news that comes out. I kind of feel like there is actually the tide is turning towards um, like growing class consciousness and mm. growing solidarity among people. And I think our group actually plays like a really important. Well, I don't want to outside <laughs> our group, but I think yeah. I think that our group has the potential to to contribute to that in a meaningful way. Um, by bridging, you know, like like religious communities as being pre-organized spaces that are um, already, in many cases, being politically mobilized. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. What do you What do you think? I mean, I think maybe more on on the religious side. I think um, in a lot of ways, you know, the last few decades, it seemed like the religious right set the tone for what was possible um, mm. in religion, and I think I've seen the ways that more class conscious uh religious spaces are being more vocal are getting uh just more active in in a public space mm. um, i think people are becoming curious again where before it was the, you know the best thing you could do was basically renounce um bad religion um <laughs> but i think people are recognizing that maybe some of those bad religious spaces were aberrations and not just the whole imagination for what religion could be. And I think people are recognizing the ways that religions really help us to be human. Well, I think that's, I think that is really well put. Um, and actually like what you're saying just reminds me of this, like this take that I've actually that I've rehashed to a lot of my friends on the left for a while to varying degrees of receptivity, which yeah. is that everybody is actually intrinsically religious, but we just yes. choose our religions differently. So yes. like, the, the divide of being religious versus non-religious, I think is kind of a false one in some ways where, I mean, Eugene McCarraher writes a lot about this, but the way that capitalism itself operates in many ways like a religion um yes yeah actually thinking about you know the effective powers of public religion um which i think we have to make a very important clarification that public religion and state-sponsored religion are two like very different things but yes um i mean i think of cornell's great cornell west's great quote um justice is what love looks like in public i yeah. feel like so many religions are actually telling us about how to love and um yeah, there's like great political and um, organizing possibility in those religions, for sure. Yeah. And and when you combine capitalism with uh, civic nationalism, you get mm. a really potent um, religion with its own sacrifices, its own <laughs> uh, systems for paying homage, all of that. Uh, <laughs> my One of my favorite uh, books is by uh, David Dark, and it, the title I think kind of says what you are you are saying here, and uh, it's that life's too short to pretend you're not religious. Um, <laughs> I, that's that's uh, yes, very well said. <laughs> um, I'm writing this title down because I have to check it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a new question that I am really wanting to ask some of our regular interviews mm. um, this season, um, and I'd love for us to kind of answer that as an introduction to the season if it's completely garbage we can we can definitely can it um but i i want to try it out on you and uh, if you love it maybe we can keep it going so the question has to do with uh this famous phrase from marx that um gets quoted all the time when people are talking about religion um and it's uh, also you know where we get the title for our podcast but uh, the quote is that religion is the opium of the people and that's you know where most people stop with the quote <laughs> But right. he goes on and he says, it is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of the heartless world, and the soul of our soulless conditions. Mm. 
So my question is, how have you experienced religion? Um, as this first part, as an opiate, as something that suppresses liberative activity, or have you experienced it as the heart and soul of a suffering world, something that energizes us towards collective action and solidarity? Um, I I just love this question, and I, I totally agree. I feel like I everyone stops after you know the first bit, but yeah. I think the the, the full the quote in its in its totality really is is beautiful. Um, and I feel like it really meshes in some ways with my um, view of the world, which is um, thinking of religion as a fundamentally optimistic way of looking at the world, um, a way of finding the sacred among the everyday, um, a way of recognizing the profound dignity and worth of every human being, hmm. irrespective of what productive value they bring to society. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> And I think that there's like great promise in thinking through the political possibilities of religion in public, um, because in private and divorce from politics, like religion can become a shield to my view through which we turn inward and aren't forced to reckon with our responsibilities toward each other. But I actually think that um, I, I have experienced religion as um, sort of this energizing force that gives life to my feeling that I need to fight for other people. Yes. Yeah. And I know I'm not the only one. I know there are so many people who feel this need in religious spaces to actually work towards building a better world. And to my view, it's like, how does the left also try to mesh our vision with the already, like the great intentions? <laughs> and, you know, um, yeah. yeah, I think, I think that's my answer. <laughs> I, I love that. That's, that's so well answered. Oh, thanks. So. How about you? Um, I, you know, for me, it's uh, always been both. Um, I think if I look at it uh, as an individual versus a collective experience, I think on an individual level, it has always been for me, my soul, right? It has been, uh, like you said, that this force driving me toward depth, toward solidarity, toward action and presence in the world. Religion has always been, um, even in the spaces where I was rejecting certain aspects, whether it was political fundamentalism or certain harmful theological ideas, in the rejection, I, I felt that it was energizing. Um, there was this divine momentum and in, in pushing me into the margins and finding purpose in solidarity and liberation. Um, but then when I looked collectively, um, in my experience, it has often been some sort of narcotic, right? This numbing agent. And as I was trained to better look for those spaces of blindness and numbness, um, both you know in seminary or or in like professional clergy. Uh, spaces, it, it gave me a sense of um, frustration, certainly, mm -hmm. but also a deep pity. Um, because, and I think this is what Marx was getting at. Mm -hmm. um, people use religion in this way, because they are alienated. Um, I think it's easy to look at religion as the source of alienation. Mm -hmm. But I think it's flipped around. There's a way to use religion to numb yourself existentially to the fragmentation that you experience. Um, but it took me a while to to place myself um, and discover forms of religion and to really plant myself in a tradition. Um, for me, this has been the, the Peace Church of the Anabaptists. Um, but to discover forms of religion that actually press me and press the collective into solidarity and liberative action. Um, but growing up, that was that was not my experience. Um, so it's been a real joy to discover collective forms that are actually, um, you know, energizing towards towards liberation. 
<laughs> wow, that's so beautifully said. <laughs> that was, um, yeah, wow, I I love that. <laughs> I think I think um, I think that that phrase you used also about like divine momentum. I think thinking about what that can look like, you know, in oh like, yeah, so powerful. I just I I love that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. I wanted to share a few upcoming episodes that we're thinking about in this season. Um, first we have some edited releases of, uh, some webinars. So we've got, uh, the religions in the left, we've got uh, a bell hooks, which that night was, was so beautiful. I feel like everyone was crying the whole time. Um, (laughs) and then, uh, we just finished one with Jorg Rieger, Felipe Maya and Jason Miller talking about the capitalist scene. Um, so we're going to edit those and release them as podcasts. And then, um, we've got some upcoming interviews. Um, none of these are, are, perfectly set in stone, but these are things that are in the works. So we've got uh, an episode on decolonizing curriculum with Haitian spirituality, which I think is such a, a different uh, way of, of thinking about religions in the left. So I'm really excited about that. Um, there's the anti-capitalist notions that are built into Andean religious expression. Um, so kind of a South American spirituality and a Christian socialist perspective on the troubles in Ireland. So those are some uh, likely upcoming episodes this season, and um, I really hope that everyone can can tune in for those and and share them with uh, friends and comrades. So uh, that is what's coming in season twenty three. This is so exciting, Ralph. Just thinking about like all of the topics that you mentioned that we we could be covering later on. I just I can't wait to. Listen yeah, to I feel like this is kind of a dangerous position for me because I just kind of follow the things that I'm interested in. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, <it's great. laughs> That's what makes a good podcast host. <laughs> okay. So, so to close off this conversation, um, I would love to hear more about, uh, well, I think our, our listeners would love to hear more about um, our religious socialism working group. Um, you know, how is it connected to DSA? What, what's important about this group and uh, maybe what are some other avenues that they can uh, get connected and and check it out? Yeah, and that's great. Um, well, actually, um, our, our listeners might be ha- excited to know that the Religious Socialism Group is actually older than DSA itself. Yes. Um, and it was founded, <laughs> you know, it was founded by um, the very famous Christian socialist, John Court, um, among others. Um, and, you know, Maxine Phillips, who's still around with us and, and the great leader <laughs> in many ways yes. of our group, um, was, was around since the beginning. So, um, yeah, it, there's definitely like a, a long, um, a long lineage and a long tradition of religious socialism, even apart from DSA. But within DSA, we operate as one of DSA's like um, core working groups. Yes. Um, and um, really, I think the group as it currently exists was sort of like restarted in 2021. Um, well, the pandemic, uh, like being being virtual actually kind of gave us yes. a lot of um, ability to connect with the religious socialists yeah. all over the yeah. country. But suddenly everyone was on Zoom meetings. Right. Yeah, um, technology. And 20- yeah, exactly. And in 2021, we actually had the biggest, what we think is the biggest meeting of religious socialists um, in the United States, where we had, I think it was around 2,000 members, people signed up for our conference. Um, wow. um, that number may be wrong, so I... We're, we're <laughs> I running with it. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Um, it was called, like, um, it was basically themed around um, religion, what your religious traditions have to bring to the left. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of folks who um, came to that conference then got involved in some of our local 
faith specific groups and we have groups um you know for so many different religious traditions that meet um independently of um, our central group um, to find like faith-based community but then there are also local groups so several dsa chapters have um religious socialist groups within them new york being perhaps the most active one yeah. Ralph, do you want to? I'll let you answer this. Uh, no, I, I think um, I, I would love to to give just some more avenues that people could could check out religious yes. socialism and um, whether that's some a place to read, a place to join. Um, one one thing that is always possible, uh, you know, we always want to encourage organizing in your local context. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe you start a uh, a working group in your local DSA chapter where. Um, you listen to our old podcasts together and talk about them, or you find something to read, like uh, Fran Quigley's book on religious socialism, or um, those those are some great ways that you can start to bring the religious conversation into uh, your local spaces. Um, would you add anything to that, Nicole Ann? Um, no, that sounds great. I guess check out religioussocialism.org. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> there it is. Perfect. Okay. And um, and within and within the website, you know, there's loads of contact information for how to get involved. But we meet once a month as a big group, and we would love to have you. So, and they're usually on Thursday evenings, like towards the end of the month. So, um, very good. Please get involved if you'd like to. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Nicole Ann. This has been a, a wonderful conversation, and I'm so excited about uh, season twenty three. Oh, me too, Ralph. Thank you so much for all of your work. And I'm really looking forward to everything we have in store. Okay. All right. Solidarity. (laughs) Yeah. Solidarity. This has been an episode of Heart of a Heartless World. Get connected and learn more by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website, religioussocialism.org. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm still operating on my first cup of coffee. So I need to, I need to, I need to think. No worries. Uh-huh.